I've been in the hospital, and I could walk when I was finished with whatever they did, but they insisted they push me out in the wheelchair. Well, this person was sitting on the edge of his bed, all dressed, looked very nice, and a nurse came in. He'd never seen her before, but she was pushing the wheelchair, and she said, Sir, get in the wheelchair. And he said, But, but I... I I don't want the wheelchair. I don't need the wheelchair. And she said, this is hospital regulations. And she was fairly big. And she went over and helped him off of the bed very deliberately and set him in the wheelchair and pushed him down to the uh, leave and, and uh, told him all the way down there. She was chatting about the rules of the hospital all the way down the elevator and and uh, on the way down, he, found, he said, um, where's your wife? And he said, well, she's still changing out of her hospital gown into her clothes. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't ever tell the outcome of things. I have a, a short message I would like to give, and then I have some things to share with you. Uh, The sermon will not last long, and if you want, you can leave after the sermon. It's it's easy. Um, And the words that I have to speak, I pray that that God would only let those that are supposed to hear this crazy stuff be here, because it's not the kind of stuff you would usually hear and probably don't want to. There was a baby born in Kidroth, and his parents were so proud of him, and they passed the word around that the baby was born, and friends sent gifts, and his na- they, they were so proud, so pleased. They named him the, the Hebrew word for praise, and meanwhile, in another city quite, quite a ways away, this was in Judith, in a city quite a ways away in Bethlehem, there was another baby born. And that baby was visited by the angels and the shepherds, and you know who that was. Well, Jesus and Judas were born approximately the same time. And Judas, the word means praise. And Judas could never get who he's supposed to praise completely worked out in his mind. And in the scriptures, in Matthew 26, 24, it says it had been better for that man if he had never been born. And then it also says that Jesus knew about this guy. Jesus knew from, and this is from John 8, 65, John 6, 65. If Jesus knew from the very first, which were those who did not believe and which of them was to betray him. Isn't that something? 
He accepted this person totally and loved him totally. But he knew he was about to get betrayed by this same person. So the the scriptures reveal that Jesus had a pretty good understanding of these things. We don't have a whole lot on Judas. We know that at one point, somebody came and poured some oil on Jesus' feet and Judas got very upset. Being from Judah, he was more of a businessman and could take care of things better, so they made him in charge of the finances. That's always a dangerous position. (laughs) And so the scripture says, one of the disciples, the same Judas Iscariot, who was to betray him, and when he saw it, why should not this ointment be sold, is what he said. It would have fetched 200 pieces of silver, and the alms might have been given to the poor. Now, 30 pieces of silver was a lot of money. 200 was a huge amount of money. They made about a penny a day, which would be equivalent to maybe a dollar today or 80 cents today. They made a penny a day working. And so when, when a woman gave her last penny in the offering plate, Jesus said she's given more than anybody. It's because she gave all that she had at all that it cost her to live that day. Of course, for a penny you could buy maybe a, a piece of fruit, a vegetable, and, a, and some bread. Whereas today, I'm not sure what you get for a penny. Well, Here's what happened. In John 12, 6, it said, he said this, not from any concern for the poor. We're talking about Judas. Judas had said, why didn't you sell that, get the 200 pieces of silver so we could feed the poor? And then the scripture says in John 12, 6, he said this, not from any concern for the poor, but because he was a thief. Now, the thief part is a bad word. That's not a good translation. Uh, he, was, uh, he would embezzle, and there was a great deal of difference, but it didn't ever look bad the way he did it. He would take money because he would say, well, I need, I need a, a 10 cents to go. And remember, that's 10 working days' salary. I need to go to town and buy the food for us to camp out here in the hills and you to preach on the mountainside. So it looked legitimate, but it only took two cents to get to town and back, and so he would pocket the rest of it. That's the kind of thing he did. It always looked kind of reasonable because nobody had any kind of idea of what was going on. They didn't pay attention to that part. Fact of the matter, they didn't pay a lot of attention to Judas or they would have known a lot more was going on. It was a scary situation. They weren't prepared 
for what was coming, even though Jesus told them over and over and over again. He kept saying things like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to Jerusalem and, and they're going to kill me. I'm going to die. I'm going to be persecuted. I'm going to be killed by our people and by the Romans, conquerors. I'm, and over and over he kept saying things like that. Well, here he got on this little welfare kick and decided that since he had the purse strings, he had the power, and he wanted to feed the poor. When you start doing those kind of works, when you start trying to take care of all these people because they can't take care of themselves, you have the power. You're the big shot. They look to you or you don't give them what they want. So it's extremely corrupt to think that way. It's a Judas Iscariot thinking mode to feed the poor. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? That's exactly the opposite to what the kingdom of heaven is. The kingdom of this earth think that they need to do everything they can to take care of everybody, protect everybody, and do everything for everybody so that they will not feel empowered to do it themselves. We will do it for them. And that's why I have problems with some of our socialism programs. They don't leave me the responsibility. Before there was the social programs that we had, our parents had to take care of things or you die. (laughs) If you don't feed your family, they starve to death. Very few people starved to death that were on their own. Why? Because they'd go catch a mockingbird and eat it if they had to. Because if they had to, they'd go out and pick the dandelion greens and cook them. Because if they had to, they would go fishing or hunting. They would do something to make it work. Today in our urban society, a lot of that stuff isn't possible. And I know this sounds extremely hard to some people. But it's a Judas thinking. He was full of his works. And he was proud of his works. Jesus said somewhere that you can tell a tree by its fruit. But it's not the fruit that makes the tree. It's the tree that makes the fruit. And when those things get turned upside down, we have a real problem. Because we will not do the right things. Consequently, for Christians... For you as Christians, you better be careful about what you decide to do for God. You better be careful about your works. You better be careful who it glorifies. Listen, I'm scared to death to preach up here. I'm scared of God. Ever since I've come to this church, I've told you this. I'm scared when I get up here. 
I'm not so scared of you. I love you, and some of you love me back, and I feel that. Maybe all of you do. But I'm scared of God. And I know how to crawl up in his lap and be nurtured and comforted by him. I know how to get close to him and lay my head on his breast. I know how to get there, but I'm scared to death of him. He's the most dangerous being that we have any contact with. With his presence, there isn't a devil in or out of hell that can even touch me. With his presence, there isn't any way that I need to be taken care of by anybody but him because he made the promise. And everything is based upon our faith in him, not upon our works. Judas expected people to trust him for his works. Job expected people to look at him and say, here's a righteous, I'm a righteous person. Everybody look at me and and you'll be good. You'll be fine because God blesses the righteous. And what happened? He got sick. Then he got covered with sores. And all his children died. All his, his wife died. All of his kinfolks died. Uh, he, was to- he was wiped out of his big uh, inheritance. He was totally laid in a sick bed for a good period of time. And he had to go through all of it. And God the Father was looking down on his child. And he was so proud of him lying there covered with sores in his bed, not being able to work, having lost everything and everybody. He said, I'm so proud of him. What do you think of this, devil? And so the devil had done everything he could to destroy that person. And Job said, well, he said, even though I die, I still know my Redeemer liveth. And that's our hope. That's that's all we have. It's what we believe that becomes so important. And that's my sermon. Now is when you can leave if you need to go the things I want to talk to you about I'd promise some people that I would and I'm more scared to tell you about this than I am any message that I preach and I try to be very careful about these things and this is very crazy stuff and you don't have to agree with me or believe me but I'm going to tell you some of the uh, things that I receive and have for over the years. In 2008, there was a spiritual paradigm shift in America. Now, this happens ever so often. Uh, It happened in 1945. It happened in... Uh, 1970 or 1968 maybe ever so often things happen that means that 
It's like these two pieces of material are here. There's a shift like that. And something happens spiritually on the earth. Now, the earth runs its own program. It doesn't have to do a whole lot. There are, the earth is made up a certain way, was put into motion in a certain way to where things just happen. Weather happens. Earthquakes happen. Sunshine happens. Cool weather happens. Hot weather happens. It just happens like that. that there's going to be things like that. And people think, oh, no, we had tornadoes. Never happened before. Well, it happens every few years. Right now, because of political reasons, we're trying to believe that the earth is warming up to some extent. It is warming. It warms ever 2,000 years or something. It goes through cycles. In fact, there was a, a year where, where they had no, no summer. It stayed winter. It snowed all winter. I mean, all over England, people were dying because the weather never changed, never, never got a season to grow their vegetables or their fruit or their stuff they grow in their yards. It just, that's just the way things go. Now, our contention with that is that the politicians are saying, it's man's fault. And in Judas' thinking, they say, well, we can prepare you for this. We can make it so if all of you are charged for how much carbon you're burning, we'll figure it out. Just breathing, you owe us $22,000 in your life for taxes because you're breathing out carbon dioxide and it's screwing up the whole thing. Not only that, you own a dog and the thing does stuff that messes up our carbon count. Plus, you drive an automobile. Plus, you have gas heat in your house and that's going to cost you extra. Now, I'm not saying that this is going on so much right now, but this is what they're moving towards. And then they can charge you according to what you take away from the earth. Like they own the earth? Who do they think they are? I would be scared to death to say, well, I own this earth, and I'll tell you how much I want back from all of you who are messing with my earth. Because, here I am walking around telling you these things, because God might say, what is that? (laughs) That's why I'm afraid of God. Now, he loves me more than I can love myself. But you don't know what it means when the scripture says, The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Boy, that is a heavy statement. That means exactly what it says. You better learn what fear is. If you fear God, you lose your fear of man. 
Isn't that incredible? If you fear God, you're capable of totally loving him. And that's a a balanced situation. If you have less fear of God and you're disrespectful and you want to use his name in vain, you want to do all the things he commanded you not to do, you watch what happens. Things start falling apart. Your love begins to grow uh, lukewarm. And things start happening in your life that are different because he has to step back and say, okay, handle it yourself. I don't want to handle anything myself. Seven years ago, we had a paradigm shift, and we have been going through a trying period. In the spiritual world, what happens when there's a paradigm shift? This is some of the crazy stuff. There are 28 billion angels over here, and 21 billion angels over here, and one is for darkness and one is for light, and there's a structure change in their warfare. And things are affected on the earth. And they were released to have a change because of the faith of the believers on earth. The believers hold in their hand all the power of God, everything. There isn't anything that can happen on this earth if the Christians are united and believing because they handle, they handle the things that are bigger than what this earth can dictate. Jesus embodied this when he was walking on the earth because he was totally God, but he was also totally man. And so when he was on the boat and a big storm came up, he said, okay, that's enough of this. And it stopped. When he died on the cross, a huge earthquake took place simply because he died. It was so big it split the curtain in the temple in two, just tore it in half. If we were sitting here and suddenly that curtain there just just broke in half and spread out, it would be an alarming thing. So, spiritually things have made a radical change and we've been going through seven years of trials and temptations and difficulties as Christian believers. And it's been tough. Now, God never does anything that he doesn't make up for it. So while he was allowing you to go through the fire and feel the, the difficulties and, the, and condemnations and different things that people from the world can put against you, you've also been getting better off maybe financially. I mean, if he's... If something's happened in one area, you'll get blessed in another area. He always balances and keeps things balanced for your sake because he lives in you and he doesn't want to lose his place and he doesn't like to get things too messed up in you. So he will 
he will respond to things. If you're torn down in health, he'll bless you in something else. If you're torn down in, in your position or your job, he'll bless you in some other way. There's something going on all the time. But there's been a negative drain spiritually for the past seven years. That's going to turn around in the last week of September. You're going to have another paradigm shift. And it's going to be an enormous shift. It's just as visible as the one in 08 was, except that in in 2008, nobody saw it, except people who were looking for it and who happened to be tuned to the Holy Spirit to speak these things. Now, the Holy Spirit isn't the size of your mind because he's not just interested in your mind. He's the size of your whole body so that he can affect everything in you. And he's adjustable to whatever size you are (laughs) because he's God. And he's, he's... What happens in your toe is just as important to God as what happens in your brain. That's about how much we're worth in ourselves. If we don't have Jesus in us, we're not worth much. If you have Jesus in you, the pearl of great price, you're worth everything. You're worth him going to the cross for you. He'll die for you if you'll take that much faith. He'll do anything to respond to your faith because faith is the conduit between here and heaven. Faith is is that connection, the bloodline between us and God. Our faith, just believing him is all he requires. Did he ever require anything else? Can you find anything else in the scriptures? Does he require anything else from you? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him will have life eternal. That starts whenever that belief comes to being. So in the last week of September, a change will start taking place. Uh, Things are going to happen spiritually different for you. It may take two or three years for you to see that because it took us two or three years to see how much damage happened in 2008. And it might take two or three years or up to the one-half perfect three-and-a-half years to when things start happening different for you. But many of you are going to be blessed out of your mind. You're not even going to understand how you could be blessed this much. You're not going to understand how things fall your direction and why things are happening like that. You won't understand why you get such a big job or such a blessing in something. You won't understand how great God is in your life as he begins to change things spiritually and begins to empower you in a different way. But you'll receive power from God. 
Power from God doesn't look like power on the earth. Your power is not to help somebody that's in need. Your power is to believe in him. Your power is to have that faith that just becomes nearly tangible to you. You, can, you feel like you can just reach out and touch God. You feel like he's so present that you just, you know, you shiver because of his presence. That's what God's doing in this day, in your day. This means that when the enemy sees that God is blessing and is on the positive side, and for seven years after that, there's going to be a positive move of spirit on the earth. Maybe the last one. There's going to be a great deal of struggle with the other side. The world, the evil, the devil, your enemy, is going to feel like a caged wild animal. They're going to go crazy. I know all of y'all already think they're already going crazy. (laughs) But it doesn't even compare with what they will do. And you're going to have great grace to overcome that darkness. You'll raise up a standard that nothing can come against. So God's got some unique things happening. Hang on. Hang on and at least until the last of September. <laughs> Hang on for a while. Things are going to change. God's going to move and bless. Like we as Christians seeing the other side, seeing living in the kingdom of God, living in the nat- nation of Jerusalem, living in the great city itself, we'll see things a little differently. And you'll have a spiritual understanding like you've never had before because God's releasing this to your mind and your understanding. That's what I had to share this morning. Would you pray with me? Father, we don't want to be against you. We don't want to betray you. We don't want to lose our fear or be disrespectful. We want to say that you are the Holy Father. That you are our God. That we have no other. We want to believe you on an increasing faith that compares with the faith of the apostles as they walk down the street and the shadow, heal people as they walk by. We want to be a part of the very root and the trunk itself of this tree and naturally produce fruit 
We want to let you work in our life more than we ever had, and we want to look forward to you with a new faith. Renew our faith. Accept our repentance. We've sinned and come short of your glory. And in all ways we go astray. But you'll take us back. You're the good shepherd with mercy and grace, the two dogs of faith that are drawing us back to the flock, making us apart. So we pray this morning that you just enable us to have the faith to believe what's coming. Nothing happens without our faith. We don't get it without your faith in us. And we don't understand it. And we don't see it without your faith in us coming to fruition. So we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We have communion this morning, as every week. Communion is our time to say we're committed to one another. We'll stand with each other. We'll love one another. We're the body of Christ. There are a lot of little pieces. We're broken into a lot of pieces. But we will, we will take that. And we need to be very careful 